What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, new week is upon us. We do have a lot to cover. There was a lot happening in the baseball world over the weekend, and there will continue to be a lot because there are still many players who need to find a home. Teams need to fill out spots in the roster. Spring training is upon us. Let's get into it. So, the big news coming out of the weekend is that the Yankees have acquired Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Ben Rovert from the Twins. Those three players in exchange from, sorry, in exchange for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. So it is it is somewhat of a blockbuster. It's a five-player deal. I mean, we're talking about five big league players, and you're getting some notable names swapping sides. I mean, Josh Donaldson, we all know what he can do. Gary Sanchez and Urshela, we all know what they can do. But, you know, they were in the Yankees for, for some time, and we had been used to seeing them Yankees, but they're going to be on the Minnesota Twins now. You know, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa is a great defensive shortstop. He was a twin for, I guess, one day. He was traded from Texas to Minnesota, and then the next day traded from Minnesota to New York. And the Yankees are going to absorb the entire $50 million sum that's still owed on Josh Donaldson's contract and yeah this this is big because you have a Yankees team that was speculated to be in the mix for maybe Trevor Story or Carlos Correa now that they're getting Isaiah Kiner-Falefa it's pretty clear they're not going to do that and the reason being is that they have some shortstop prospects coming up they have some pretty good prospects Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza the Yankees don't want to block those guys. I mean, specifically Oswald Peraza, he may be approaching his MLB debut as early as this season. Anthony Volpe perhaps coming by next season. So the Yankees wanted that flexibility of shortstop rather than locking themselves into a 10-year commitment to a guy like Carlos Correa or a Corey Seager. Not sure how long of a deal Trevor Story would get, but it's obvious. Well, Seager already went for 10 years. It's obvious Correa wants something of that length also. With Kiner Falefa, you get a player with a great glove, and he's controlled through two more arbitration seasons. So he's the perfect bridge to what the Yankees hope will be their shortstop of the future. They're hoping he's going to be one of these homegrown guys. So that's the direction the New York Yankees are going to go at shortstop. As for Josh Donaldson, he's going to pencil in right at third base. He's going to pencil in right at third base, but he's there for his bat. The defensive metrics are mixed for Donaldson, but I mean, having kind of Falefa on the left side of the infield, he should be able to pick up any slack on that side of the field. Keep in mind, Falefa did win a gold glove with the Rangers in 2020. He's just been impressive overall, but Josh Donaldson is no stranger to the AL East. He's enjoyed some of his best years, including his 2015 MVP season in that division. He played for the Blue Jays from 2015 to 2018. And he's 36, but his production hasn't declined much since those Toronto years. Injury concerns have cropped up as he's gotten deeper into his 30s, but he's still a dangerous bat. He had 247 with 26 homers last year with the Twins and continued to post some elite-level hard contact and walk rates. So even with this splash, so you're going to see Donaldson at third base, kind of Falefa at second. Now, DJ LeMayhew may float time between first and second. It's probably going to be Glaber Torres at 
at second. And then, you know, first base is going to be a question. Is it going to be Luke Voigt? Is it going to be LeMahieu? Not really sure exactly who the odd guy out is here. Um, but you, you definitely have a co some competition there between Torres, LeMahieu, and Voigt. Those three guys on the right side of the infield, it's, it's three guys for two spots. Because, yes, they have the DH spot, but obviously that depends on how much outfield time John Carlos Stanton can handle. If John Carlos Stanton can handle the outfield, then then that's great. That's great. You can just pencil in, you know, Luke Voigt at first, Glaber Torres at second, LeMayu at DH. There you there you go. Problem solved. I think that's what they're gonna do. Um, they're gonna they're gonna play Stanton in the outfield a lot more this year. But then again, with him, you you never you never want to overdo it because he's he's always an injury away from missing missing a couple months that dude yeah anyway there's more news there's more news folks so the washington nationals washington nationals have gone ahead and signed nelson cruz nelson cruz a designated hitter he's going to be a dh on a national league team we've never seen that before first time we'll see that it's a one-year deal worth 15 million dollars so Nelly Cruz has been one of the best pure bats in baseball for over a decade. He's 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 been great. He's been a stud. Even though he's going to turn 42 in July, he's one of the oldest players in the league, but that bat is still lethal. Absolutely. So, you have a Nationals lineup that has a middle of the order featuring Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Nelly Cruz. That, that's pretty fearsome right there. And that's pretty fearsome. Pitchers are going to have to get through that middle of the order. You know, that's 30 home run pop for each of those guys. Maybe not Bell, but Soto and Cruz, definitely. So once the lockout ended, there were a bunch of rumors flying about Nelly Cruz's potential destination. We were talking about a bunch of NL teams like the Dodgers, Brewers, Padres, Braves, whatever. But he wound up choosing the Nationals, who were a bit of a dark horse suitor. No one had them. No one named the Nationals a day or two ago. But Cruz is returning to the National League. After 17 years, when he made his very brief debut with the Milwaukee Brewers. So, $15 million in the year he's going to turn 42. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, the Nats are doing something. They're doing something. I mean, they have a long way to go, but they got a big bat. I've been saying all along that I think this is a bridge year for them. You know, because they can't afford to just waste Juan Soto away before he's a free agent in three years. So I can see this being a bridge year before they really go all in in 2023. Just my hunch. Just my hunch. So the Twins are showing interest in Trevor Story. So the Twins have done so much over the past 36 hours. I mean, the past two days, basically. They've shipped out Garver Donaldson, kind of Falefa, and they've got Sonny Gray, Gio Urshela, Gary Sanchez. Now they're interested in Trevor Story. So there's a lot to keep track of, but it looks like the Twins have just been getting started. I mean, all of this that they've done the past two, two days, they've cleared roughly $41 million from their books. And now their payroll is projected at $94 million. And that's about $40 million shy of their franchise record. So that leaves room. So one area they could look to spend some of the money they saved in that Donaldson trade is back at shortstop. Well, we know there are some good shortstops on the market. Now it's been reported the Twins have been in touch with the representatives for free agent shortstop Trevor Story. 
that would be interesting. That would be interesting. What could they do? I mean, Story is 29 years old. We know that he's a power speed combo guy. And he can definitely hit. He can definitely hit. That's that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a big bat. What would the Twins be willing to pay him? I don't know. But if you look past the $94 million that's projected on their books for this season, they only have $39.5 million in guarantees for 2023. I mean, so it's there's so much room here. There's so much room to operate. And they definitely have space to add a guy like Trevor Story and make him make him a pretty solid offer. So twins are making moves, but they are interested in Trevor Story. Let's see what happens there. Speaking of the other shortstop, Carlos Correa. It's now been reported that the Astros have stepped up efforts to bring back Correa to the point where the team owner, Jim Crane, is involved. So, who knows? I did see something on social media the other day saying that Correa just put his Houston house up for sale. Obviously, you know, for these guys, it doesn't mean anything. It means something, obviously. But when I say it doesn't mean anything, I said the process of buying a house is not a big deal. He can always buy another house. At the, look, at the snap of a finger if he needed to. He has that kind of money. So, yes, he is selling his house in Houston, but if, if something happened and he needed to come back, he, he'll find another place. Um, but let's look at the offers that Correa has received to date. So it started with the early offer that the Astros made him. You know, Before the lockout, they made him a five-year, $160 million offer back in November. It's it's a pretty good AAV. That's $32 million a year, but it's only five years. Korea wants way more uh, of a guaranteed on a total dollar value. $160 million is a far cry from the guarantee. Corey Seager just got it $325. And he later received and rejected a 10-year 27, sorry, yeah, 27 half a year. So a 10-year $275 million offer from the Detroit Tigers. So if he, I mean... Houston offered 160, Detroit offered 275. You know, he's 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 gunning for that Corey Seager. He wants to surpass Corey Seager, who got 325 million guaranteed from Texas. That's what he's looking for. Who's gonna give it to him? I don't know. You know, it's easy for us to say that he's gonna get that money, but there has to be someone willing to pay him that. I mean, the the Tigers made a pretty decent offer, but who else needs a shortstop that's willing to pay that money? They're gonna have to make some bids, but we'll see what happens with Correa. I mean, I know I keep saying we'll see, we'll see. It sounds like a broken record, but what else can I say? All I can, all I can do is, is give you the information we have right now, and it's, it's up to our best guess to, to know what could come after that. So we'll just have to be patient. Remember Shea Suzuki? Yes, the outfielder from Japan. So he he worked out in front of Padres executives at Peco Park this weekend. So. You know, he's, he's coming over to the U.S. He's coming over to Major League Baseball. We don't know where he's going to play, but he worked out for the Padres. He, you know, hung out with, with Hugh Darvish and Hugh Darvish's family out in San Diego. And, yeah, he has 17 of his 30 posting days remaining. So he, he should be signing here in the next couple of weeks. I mean, he's, he's over in the United States and visiting teams and stuff, but there are a lot of teams who are interested in this outfielder from Japan with a very good glove and a very good bat. So we'll see. But those are the updates we have right now. Lots going on. Even as I speak, there, there are more, more moves being made, more things rolling in. But that is what we have for now. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.